Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Once again, it's so good to be here with you. What were we doing this Sunday last year? We were doing baptism to the lake. It was one of the highlights of my life to see 20 people give their testimonies and be baptized. It was amazing. And we were planning it again today. We were planning for a picnic and baptism of the lake, and we will have to postpone that to another day. And you may think, well, is God somehow not a control? No, he's a control. And maybe God wants to use this time for us to be more vocal with our neighbors and share the gospel. If you've noticed, people are starting to come out of their holes <laughs> more now, starting to come out of their homes and it's an opportunity for you to interact with your neighbors. And what we talked about so much before all this, eat, love, pray, right? Where you have a meal with them, love them, maybe share the gospel with them and pray for them. And this is an opportunity for you to be the leader on your block, to kind of gather some people outside and have some great conversations, talk about Jesus. So let's look at this time as an opportunity to share the gospel. And use it as an opportunity for you to take the initiative. All right? Well, over the last couple of months, as the world has grappled with the virus, part of the goal has been to live, to simply stay alive and to avoid death. And all the measures of social distancing, the closures, the health habits, and on and on, have had the aim of staying alive. And unfortunately, a lot of people have lost their lives. A well-known paper just this morning uh, their whole front page is a list of names and ages and snippets of those who've died. And it's very sad. But most have survived and are still alive. And here's the question I have. If you're alive, what are you living for? Right? Like, what's, what's the point? Like, what are you doing with your life? You're fighting to live and then now What? What would you say? Like, what would you say? Your life right now. Like, fill in the blank. For me to live is blank. For me to live is blank. It's a very important question. Because we're not just simply trying to stay alive. We want to live for a certain reason. And this morning, we're going to look at a guy who actually saw the benefit in death. Yes. As we look at the book of the Philippians again, the Apostle Paul saw a benefit in death. In fact, he welcomed it. But while he was living, he had a central focus he was living for. And as we look at Philippians, we'll see that the Apostle Paul had a central focus in life and in death. And it should be the same for us. And it went like this. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me, to live is Christ, 
and to die is gain. Let's look at it as we turn to the passage this morning in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 21, the famous verse. You see it there? For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. The Apostle Paul's in jail. He's facing trial and possible execution for proclaiming Christ. Many of the believers have abandoned him and turned against him. But the Philippians are with them all the way, so Paul shares his heart with them. And this is his desire and focus. If he is going to live, he's going to live for Christ. And if he dies, that will be gain. And have you ever wondered, why is death gain? You see, the point of death, the point of heaven, and why it's gain is because you gain Christ. The point of heaven is not the streets of gold. It's not seeing the loved ones, though great. The point of heaven is Christ. Death is gained because in death, he gets Christ face to face. But if he lives, then he's going to go all out for Christ and live for him now. You see, the Christian life is all about Jesus Christ. John Stott has put it this way. He said, take Christ from Christianity and you disembowel it. There is practically nothing left. Christ is the center of Christianity. All else is circumference. I want to speak to those on Facebook as I talk to all those in here. I want to say we talk about Jesus all the time because Jesus is the point. Because the reality is apart from Christ, we are facing wrath, hell forever. Okay? Jesus Christ entered this world, took on flesh. He was the perfect God-man. He lived a perfect life. On the cross, he's bearing the wrath of the Father in our place. He is buried. He rises again three days later. And the call to all is that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven. That's why we are all about Jesus Christ. We want to talk about him. We want to proclaim Him. We want to exalt Him in our heart and heads. We want to be about Jesus so we can say, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Can you say that? Or would you say, for to me, to live is golf and to die is the loss of ability. Or for to me, to live is money and to die is to leave it all behind. For me to live is fame and to die is to be forgotten. For me to live is power and to die is to lose it all. For me to live is youth and to die is getting old. For me to live is Netflix and to die is no service. <laughs> or many in our world, for me to live is sex and to die is no sex. But Paul's focus was Christ and Christ alone, and to live as Christ, and to die as gain, because he gets Christ, and our focus in life and death should be Christ. But it's hard. It's not that easy. Maybe it's like kind of going to the eye doctor. You've been to the eye doctor? I'm sure you have. When I first went to the eye doctor, I didn't know what they were going to do to me. Poking around in my eyes. And one of the things the eye doctor wanted to do is he wanted me to follow his finger while he was shining this bright light in my eye. I could not do it. I was incapable of doing it. 
And so his nurse, the nurse, the assistant, had to come pry my eyes open so that I would follow his finger side to side as he shone the bright light in my eye. And I learned that what you're supposed to do is to focus on the finger and not the light, and you're going to be okay. And I see something very similar here. We talk about focusing on Christ, focusing on Christ. And yet, wouldn't you agree, there is so much to distract us. There's so many problems that seem so huge and Christ seems so small. Something comes along and we go, I'm going to focus on that. A trial comes, I'm going to focus on that. An illness comes, I'm going to focus on that. And yet, focus on the finger <laughs> and not the light. Our focus is to be on Christ and Christ alone. And yes, all that other stuff is going on. But Paul and our heart should be, for me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Now, let's not be all super spiritual this morning and say it's all about Jesus Christ when in reality, we wonder, what does that look like? Well, what it looks like is it involves other people. Why does it always have to involve other people? Uh, don't you just wish you could live your life following Christ alone? Somehow that didn't include other people? Nope. Christian life is about glorifying God and the way glorify God is also loving other people so when we say live as christ to die as gain it includes other people and so let's look back at our passage verse 22 and 24 so we're going to talk about what i want versus what is best for others verse 22 but if i am to live on in the flesh this will mean fruitful labor for me and i do not know which to choose but i am hard-pressed from both directions having the desire to depart and be with christ that is very much better, yet to remain on the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Paul is torn between two desires. He desires to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, yet he sees the benefit of staying for gospel proclamation and the building up of the church. Now, ultimately, it's not up to him, right? It's up to God and his sovereignty. But he is expressing his heart, and he says his heart is hard-pressed. You ever seen a movie when the walls are closing in on someone from both sides? It's, it's like Paul says on one side, he wants to, to be with Christ, and, uh, and on the other, he desires to be with the church, and so he, he feels hard-pressed. The walls are, are closing in. And so he concludes his internal dialogue with verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Paul is convinced that the best course of action is to stay and work for the progress and joy of the believers. He wants to depart and be with Christ, but he thinks the better course of action is to stay, to build up the church, to serve the church, to put his desires in the background and to put their desires and their growth in Christ first. It's that, it's that what I want versus what is best for others. Every single one of us feel that every day. What I want, what is best for others. And this is the way we should be thinking every day about serving others. And Paul will say it a few verses later. In chapter 2, verse 4, Paul says, Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. I think we should all say, I am living 
to serve. And you're thinking, yeah, but I want it to be all about Jesus Christ. Well, part of it all being about Jesus Christ is that you serve others. One of the things that's been going on uh, recently, if you're on social media or if you're in the news or if you are simply alive, you may have noticed that we've been living through a pandemic and we are reopening our country and reopening our churches. And I don't know if you've noticed, but everyone seems to have an opinion. Not you, but everybody's got an opinion about what has happened, of what's happening now, and what's going to happen in the future. Everybody's got an opinion, and they seem very eager to express that opinion. And what happens is that if we're not careful, we tend to demonize over our differences. We demonize those who disagree with us. We'll say something that has nothing to do with the Bible, no verse to back it up, but we'll demonize other people who don't see things quite the way that I see them. And yet, when I'm reading the Bible, it's saying your attitude should be the same as Christ about loving and serving others and not just thinking about yourself and the way you demand things to be, but think about serving others. Even during this time, even in the vast array of opinions, it's about serving other people. And part of our service to others means that we need to live different to the world. Because I don't know if you notice, but people in the world tend to demonize over differences. People in the world tend to criticize anyone has any hint of disagreeing with them. But my brothers and sisters, we are to be a distinct people. A distinct people that stand out from the world who don't mimic the world. That's what the world is doing. We're not to mimic the world. We're to stand out, to be distinct and holy people. So let's talk about living a distinct people as we finish up here, starting in verse 27. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know if he's going to live or he's going to die. But he calls them to live as distinct people. And if you want to underline in your Bibles, you can underline this even in the Pew Bible. Look at the very beginning of verse 27. He says, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Conduct yourself in such a way where you're bringing glory and you're lifting up Christ. And since we are still alive, we live in a distinct way that is in line with the gospel of Christ. Chuck Swindoll puts it this way. He says, Paul wants us to stay together, strive together, and stand together. He wants us to stay together, strive together, stand together. You see, this staying together has to do with steadfastness. He wants them to have unity in this one mind. When trials hit, you know, unity is the first thing to go, but people can often turn on one another. That's why he wants them to stay close. And part of staying together as believers is moving in the same direction. That means we want to strive together. There's got to be this aspect of, of teamwork and this striving together, it means we get caught up in the gospel. We want people to come to Christ. We want to see people commit their lives to Christ. We want to be on the same page of teamwork and fulfilling the Great Commission. 
and we want to stand together. And this is the fearlessness because we're going to get pushed back for our faith. Look at verses 28 through 30. In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you, and that too from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake, experiencing the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. You know, we really shouldn't expect the world to treat us better than Christ. I'm going to say it again. We should not expect the world to treat us better than they treated Christ. Suffering for being a Christian is expected. But this suffering is not done in isolation. We are to stand together without alarm or fear. One of the hard things over these past two months where we've been at our homes, we've not been able to gather, is that isolation. And when we're isolated, some crazy things can happen in our lives and the lives of our brothers and sisters. And one of the things we need to keep in mind, even in our isolation, is we need to live as distinct people. And one of the things I've been learning, I've been reflecting back on other generations who sometimes had to be isolated or quarantined. I'm reading a book on World War II right now. I'm learning a lot about World War II. Uh, is, did you see yesterday that, that fire that happened in San Francisco? They protected the, one of the few remaining ships from the war. It was amazing. But as, as I've been reflecting on reading about World War II in a, in a book called The Splendor and the Vile, it's about Churchill in England. It talked about the bombings. The Nazis were bombing England and London, and the people were like basically in lockdown, right? They would go into their homes, black out their windows, and hide and hope the bomb would not hit their house. It just seems so random. And this went on for months. And the people, they started to have this tension. And things started to break and crumble in their, in back of their, their lives. And a lot of immorality broke out. They were thinking, you know, maybe they were thinking the world's going to end. Who cares? Let's just go ahead and be immoral. And also a lot of mental health issues started to happen. And I was reflecting on that. I thought, wow, that is, that's interesting. Because in our quarantine, our lockdown, or whatever you want to call it, it's been going on the past two months, the use of pornography has gone off the charts. And mental health issues, the same. But my brothers and sisters, we are to be a distinct people in each other's lives, which means that we spur one another on to holiness. Yeah, even when the world seems to be crumbling and falling apart, we still need to live holy lives. And we need to be in each other's lives, asking the hard questions, caring for one another, and spurring one another on to live holy lives. Even now, be distinct. But also, many have been suffering emotionally, even mentally during this time. And we're to be in their lives, caring for them, ministering to them. Why? Because we are distinct people where we act different than the rest of the world and we care for one another. We stand together and we strive together and we stay together. So in life, in death, the focus is on Christ. But don't you dare over-spiritualize this and fail to leave out others. Because part of in life and in death focusing on Christ is that you serve Christ other people you get in their lives you stay with them you stand with them and you strive with them 
I want to close with a, a really amazing prayer that I found recently, and some of you are probably going to want this prayer. You can find it on the internet, or maybe I can pass it on to Barbie. You can ask for it later. But, it, but it's a prayer um, from St. Patrick, who was an evangelist to Ireland in the 5th century. And I want to pray this prayer with you right now. I want you to focus on the words and direct your heart to the Lord. So let's, let's go ahead and go and settle our hearts before the Lord in prayer and let me pray Lord as I arise today may the strength of God pilot me the power of God uphold me the wisdom of God guide me may the eye of God look before me the ear of God hear me. The word of God speak for me. May the hand of God protect me. The way of God lie before me. The shield of God defend me. The host of God save me. May Christ shield me today. Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit, Christ when I stand, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. May be Christ and Christ alone be glorified. Amen.
Christ is risen. Bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way guided by God's Word.